May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We began Lent, of course, as we do every year with Ash Wednesday. I don't know if you were privy to the key card, which let you know just what kind of mark you had on your forehead. If you were first in line, it was perfect. If you were a little longer down the line, it was one big blob. Maybe somewhere in between, it was the Harry Potter lightning rod. There was also um, uh, one I saw that I myself had given that was sort of leaning in a weird way, sort of hipster. And then, of course, to the person who wore the white sweatshirt to Ash Wednesday, you got the dipster. Uh, so the, all, the, all of the ashes <laughs> dripped down. We use those marks not for shame or humiliation. We use them to remind us that we are mortal and that our life is precious and to use it wisely. And when we don't use it wisely, to get back on the way of love, which is following Christ. As the poet said, so let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame, let us be marked not for false humility, or for thinking we are less than we are. But let us be marked, let us be marked for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, within the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. Whatever the shape, whatever the shape. So we begin Lent, it's first Sunday of Lent. We continue Lent. And on the almost second year anniversary of the big shutdown, you remember what it was like then? We had no idea what was coming. We had been live streaming with the associate rector's iPhone strapped to a Velcro wall or Velcro strap around the column, which stayed up for a year and a half until Catherine told me, uh, do we need, need that Velcro strap up around the column? And I said, well, it's the holy Velcro. <laughs> but we took it down since we've been using a better camera for a long time. Remember, at first, we didn't wear masks, but we put gloves on. And then we knew better. And then we learned, and we learned, and we walked in the wilderness, the online wilderness. And we're coming back slowly, but surely, I think. So on this first Sunday in the smudge-bearing, identity-claiming season of Lent, the gospel, the good news, 
is about how Christ was strong in the wilderness and how leaning on Christ's strength and being filled by the Holy Spirit and leaning on each other's strength, we have been strong in the wilderness as well. And that strength is not one of might or muscles. That strength is not one of huge successes that we can brag to the world in the best Texas manner about. But it's about putting one step in front of the other, noticing when we need help, noticing when others need help, and persevering when everything changes. Christ famished was still filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we feel famished, we can call on that same Spirit to help us sojourn through whatever it is that God is calling us, whatever path God is calling us to walk as we follow unsteadily the way of Christ. Today, the Gospel is about some kind of strength in the wilderness, about human need, when we're faced with human need and the temptation of wanting more and more, when we're faced with the temptations of power and authority, when we're faced with the temptations of personal harm, what it means to trust and obey God. Sometimes that means just taping, taking a deeper breath so that we may be filled with God's Spirit, and sometimes it means so much more. Jesus of Nazareth, Mary and Joseph's son, flesh and blood, full of the Holy Spirit and Luke, God's son is led into the wilderness by that same Holy Spirit that fills him. And there he fasts, eating nothing for 40 days and 40 nights. And there, in that wilderness, he meets the devil. What does the scripture mean when it talks about a devil? Well, it means many things. But as Andrew Cato poets out, in Jesus' time, the Greek word, diabolos, which we hear as devil, did not mean that Halloween costume with the horns or even the horror um, movie distortion of what we fear. But diabolos meant slander, slander one who tells falsehoods to damage reputations. Someone who misleads. What the devil is trying to do, like all slanderers, what the devil is trying to do with Jesus is to confuse the issue. Hey, 
hey, if you're all that, you can do this. If you're the son of God, you will be protected even if you test God. The slanderer uses sleight of tongue to confuse the issues, to undermine clarity and to mislead. And he certainly tries to mislead Jesus and many certainly try to mislead us today. But Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, was not misled. Again, one way that the slander tries to confuse the issue is to use this little word, if, instead of since. If you are the Son of God. But there's no question about who Jesus was. He was just baptized and identified as the beloved Son. There is no question. There is no if. Instead of saying, since you are the Son of God, or anything else, the devil sows, the slanderer sows seeds of doubt. If you are. And those who would mislead us would make us question if we are children of God, if we are worthy of God, if God loves us enough, if God truly keeps God's promises. But Jesus shows us the way in the wilderness today and does not give in to temptation, does not give in to the if, but claims his identity, standing firmly while famished, yet full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully human, so he felt that pain of not having eaten, of having been alone for 40 days. And this reminded me of the discussion we had on Thursday evening in our online book discussion of Rachel Held Evans' book, The Wholehearted Faith. And it reminded me that our faith is, is personal and interpersonal and that we depend on each other and we're there for each other when we walk in doubt. And Rachel Held Evans was an author who uh, grew up in fundamentalism, became Episcopalian, and died very young just a couple of years ago, leaving two young children and a husband widowed. Her widowed husband asked one of her friends to finish the book, and he did. And one of the passages we read reminds me of what it means to be flesh and blood, and what it means to have a Savior who was incarnate. And she says, the beauty of the incarnation is not just that God came to us in human form. Inherent in the incarnation is that God came to embody relationship, to remind us that love is personal and interpersonal as well as communal. I am a Christian, she wrote, 
because of Jesus, but also because of Mary, her, his mother, and her spiritual ancestors, Rahab and Ruth, Bathsheba and Tamar, Elizabeth and Hagar and Susanna and Joanna and Mary Magdalene and Mary and Martha of Bethany and the whole bunch of other Marys. And I thought in this Women's History Month it was good to take that passage with the women's names to remind us of the legacy of all kinds of women on whose strength I lean when I am wandering in a wilderness. But how do we say, how do we know, how do we see hope and find the way again in the wilderness of war that we are seeing now? I say, that we can find strength in this wilderness, find strength in the Orthodox Assyrian Christians who in Russia are holding prayer vigils for peace. For the Russian children in the Russian, and we can find strength in the Russian children who are laying flowers at the Ukrainian embassy. We can find strength in the wilderness while some churches in the Ukraine celebrated Ash Wednesday, and in that image that in the dust and rubble of war inside a building with hardly any power, they made the sign of the cross on each other, proclaiming how precious their lives are, and proclaimed Christ's resurrection in the celebration of the Eucharist. We can find strength in the wilderness in the chief rabbi of the Ukraine who has asked all Christians to recite this psalm aloud. And we recite, I won't recite all of it because it's a little long, but recite psalm, verses 21 through 24. For he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he repays in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So remember that those marks that you received on Ash Wednesday, are signs not of shame or of sorrow, but of strength in weakness, strength in the Lord, strength in each other. And with those menacing words that end the gospel, which were, when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Ooh, that just kind of sends a chill. Remember that leaning in strength and in the witness of Christ 
Christ himself and other Christians throughout the ages and still today, even when we are not ourselves walking strongly in the faith, we may be nourished and filled with the Holy Spirit by the witness of others and the resistance to evil. Amen.